Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray, taking racial struggles to the throne of grace. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical, beneficial, and clear. Friends, we want to be hopeful and helpful in our work. You can learn more about it at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. Bro, one one track killer. I mean, one take uh, killer. What did Jay-Z say in the booth? Like, one take? I am thoroughly surprised. <laughs> Friends, what you need to know is that the most stressful part of these episodes, typically, unless someone starts saying something crazy, is that introduction. It's just it's hard to say, and then someone's probably going to email us and say, why don't you just record it? Well, because it's it, it like put, have it pre-recorded. Anyway. Because we, we don't do, we, we're not like that. Yeah, that's right. And Austin, you killed it. Good job, bro. Well, it's I usually make you do it because I'm a coward, but it was good to, that. what a rush. I'm sweating. <laughs> well, we've been talking about fear all morning because uh, we're, we're having a batch of episodes and friends have hopefully heard our coronavirus episode by now. So, um, yeah, fear, it's important to face it. Well, friends, we have had a conversation on unity, and it's kind of an ongoing conversation here at United We Pray. It's in our name, but we wanted to have part two of that conversation in podcast form where I interview Isaac about unity in the church, specifically unity um, ethnically, racially. And so you can listen to part one of that. We'll link to that, I'm sure, in our promotion of this episode. But I wanted to talk to you, Isaac. You and I are both in kind of a unique position and it's similar it's it's obviously different in some respects but we are people who regularly talk about these things talk about unity across ethnic lines in the right. church that makes us kind of unique right. right yeah i wish that wasn't the case but probably you know to some degree but i think people who listen to this podcast who have sought us out are probably feeling some of that and so i wanted to have an episode yes, definitely. encouraging definitely. them talking about yeah. what this might yeah. look like how does it look yeah. In part one of our conversation, you said that a key ingredient to unity is having hard conversations when they need to be had. And without that, there can be no yeah. lasting unity. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, disunity being the result of necessary conversations never being had. Right. Yeah, that quote. And that true yeah. unity is not just the absence of conflict. So. Yeah. And then there, I mean, Birmingham jail, letter from Birmingham jail, MLK hammers that. Oh, yeah. In light of that. I wanted to talk about how pursuing unity can look different depending on your context. And context in that sentence is such a, a loaded word. There's a million different ways you could take that. So let's look at a few specifically if you're good with that. So first, how does it look different depending on your role in the church? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, and if, if I can, let me just say one last thing about because this I didn't make this into... Uh, part one before the t- your cutoff, which served us all. But there, the other another way to think about this is there can't be reconciliation. I think I saw Lecrae said this. I think it's really good. There can't be reconciliation. There can't be reconciliation without a reckoning with the truth. A number of people have made that point, and Lord willing, we've got an article in the Hopper that makes the the same point and explores that a little bit. Great. Uh, then uh, I would just say that, you know, so let's look at John Newton, former slave trader, uh, before when he, when he writes this, this striking stanza, an amazing grace, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." Uh, my pastor recently said it well, that the first work of grace is teaching us 
to fear the Lord, which means we hate our sin. And then grace, my fear is relieved. Oh, that's grace's second work, uh, that it relieves our fears once we understand it properly. And I think it applies to this conversation as well. Got to reckon with the truth and have those difficult conversations. So you're asking about context. How does it, how does it, does it depend on our role in the church? I think maybe that's the, I think that's the first question you were asking Uh, when we were talking about this episode. The answer is yes, I think. Uh, And no, no, in that we are all called to pursue unity. It's not like the pastors are called to pursue unity, but the members aren't or vice versa. If you go to your pastor and assume that he's the only one who can do something about this conversation in your church, and I understand he's the primary mouthpiece, you might very well wear him out, you know, like if, and I think some people sometimes are like, hey, well, can we do this? And when he hears, can we do this? He hears, well, can, can you do it, pastor? And I think there's a lot of freedom to say, pastor, hey, I'm not trying to ask you to do anything, but I, I'm just going to lead a, a book study in my home. And, you know, you take some initiative. Pastors love that usually uh, when it's initiative directed in the right way. And you have your own conversation. Like if you want to lead, lead in that way. Uh, and you can be a blessing. Um, but we do see different roles within the church. Ephesians 4.12, the pastors, the teachers have been given to equip the saints. Uh, and we see qualifications for uh, unity. So then the question is then how? Well, we see uh, all members are called to speak the truth in love. Some members are going to have more opportunity to do that in certain formats. Uh, So as a pastor, I preach and teach uh, in a way that the average member is not going to be able to or shouldn't even be able to. Um, And yeah, so I I would say that's how it it, it depends upon uh, your role and what you do in that regard. But I I think I want to stress that we basically have the same function. Uh, And you're good at reminding me of this, Austin, of, uh, of... you know, I'm not more important in the church because I'm a pastor. That's whole Paul, Paul's whole point in 1 Corinthians 12. We all are to speak the truth in love. We're all to seek the edification of the body and all of those things. Um, it's just we're just going to have different ways in how we express that. And some of that's going to be in our relationships. Some of that's going to be uh, in our role. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, members of a church are called to submit to their leaders. Correct. Yes. Yes. So... I appreciate everything you've said on that. In terms of conversations, hard conversations between people, how does this look different depending on the person you're addressing and your relationship with them? Yeah, um, you know, we all have the freedom in Christ, I think, to in, within our churches to speak the truth to one another. Uh, does that mean you need to be the messenger of a particular truth when you're confronting a brother or sister? I don't think so. Uh In other words, I think there's wisdom to be applied. Uh, Could that brother or sister hear that challenge or rebuke uh, or question better from a different brother or sister? The answer might be yes. Uh, And I think sometimes we can forget this where it's saying, hey, instead of me going and rebuking that person, uh, where it could look like I'm self-interested, for example, uh, you know, uh, so for example, if I had something I wanted to say to a member like about like respecting the elders or something, well, I'm one of the elders. So I trust they're assuming the best, but uh, there can be, there can look like there's some self-interest there. Uh, So, you know, why not trust the Lord that he might use another part of the body to bring that about uh, to that member. So I do think relationship uh, does matter. 
and you just need to realize just how human, how people work. You can spend your capital really quick, but once it's spent, it's spent. And it helps if you have more capital with a person than less, which is why I was saying in that one episode, we don't want to make race the only issue we talk about with someone of like, you know, I'd hope that like this one lunch we get with, you know, member X uh, isn't only about race. And that's all we ever have talked about because we don't have much of a relationship outside of that. But, yeah. And I think we want to be careful that we're not making race the only thing we talk about just generally with everybody. Yes. Yes. I mean, faithfulness on race is really important. That's why we have this ministry, but it's not the sum total of discipleship. Yeah, that's right. 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 Well said. So how does this look depending on a person's ethnicity within their church, whether that's a white member in a majority white church, a black member in a majority white church? I mean, any, any permutation there, how does that affect how we have this conversation? Yeah, I mean, it connect, it connects to the last one, right, where it's talking about, you know, I wonder if, in the same way that, you know, I've, a sister might hear a rebuke better from another sister versus a, versus a brother on some topic, uh, you know, it might help me to not hear a rebuke on some race thing from another white member, though, uh, in probability, that's what it's going to be. For my case, I'm, I'm a minority uh, in a predominantly white church. And I'll just say, I mean, we talked about this with Michael Emerson. When we're talking about multi-ethnic churches, we really are talking about a one-sided relationship. Uh, we're talking about non-whites in predominantly white churches. It's just not the reality that there are tons of white people, though there are some, uh, and where they are the minority, which I think reflects why there's some level of difficulty with within these conversations. Uh, and I think we'll start to see real progress when that trend reverses or at least changes uh, f- uh, to be more, to be more even. Um, so, yeah, I think, I th- I mean, this is where I, I would just highlight the point of asymmetry. I wrote about it in that piece on tone uh, and tone deafness uh, on the article uh, or on the website, that article uh, where it's saying, I do think, there is an asymmetry within our churches that if a minority is saying something, that preference should be given to them, not because minorities know everything, but because minority voices have been marginalized for so long. Uh, and I think an I think a, a reading of history simply bears that out uh, in such a way that it affects our present day conversations and how we should have them. So I do think it matters. I do think white brothers and sisters need to understand that when they when they offer criticisms, it's freighted with history in a way that I don't think they often understand. And I think that just pl- it plays into a kind of individualism that is so common among many Americans today and certainly many I do think many white Americans particularly um, in such a way that, yeah, I do think ethnicity matters. Uh, and we come, we bring it into our conversations. We're not having these conversations with a kind of awe ethnicity or what I mean is in, in a complete ethnic vacuum where it's not a factor. Right. Uh, and if we think, if we have the kind of colorblind lens of, hey, this just isn't a factor, uh, well, it's, it's just not going to work. You can try, uh, but it you're just going to discourage lots of people and do lots of damage that you don't mean to do. No one means, I, I, you know, I appreciate Austin. You've leaned on me sometimes and saying, you know, not everyone thinks racism is bad. And I agree. Um, but I do think most people, uh, no one is meaning to do racial damage. And yet, huh, how much damage do we do unintentionally? Oh, yeah. 
I was just having this conversation not that long ago with someone who is leveling the charge of tokenism and saying that highlighting minority voices does minorities a disservice because it props them up artificially, makes them tokens. And I think there's ways that it, I'm sure it can be done wrong. Anything can be taken to an extreme. Right. But right. I so appreciate your your emphasis there in correcting historical asymmetry and, and that being the purpose yeah. behind it. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the mo- the the motive um the motive behind it is I think what's going to play on the tokenism. You know, tokenism is basically just physic a physical kind of virtue signaling. We have him up there, no real intent to change. Uh, you know, just kind of eye candy. And uh that's not good. Um, you know, and we, you know, or we we're not you know, I want to be careful with this statement, but uh I I heard someone say this and I think it's useful. Um you know, to pursue someone who looks physically different, but is culturally the same, well, that's going to tend toward tokenism really easily. Because like, hey, this person is just like us, but, you know, they look different. And I want to be sympathetic because some brothers and sisters are not going to be able to help that. They grew up in those environments. That's how the Lord's made them. So there's nothing wrong with being culturally the same or is like, oh, the real black people are over there. They're like culturally different and physically different. And I don't want to get into that. And I think Satan exploits that a lot in the church to a lot of black brothers and sisters' discouragement. Um, but yes, yeah, got to be careful of it. But I don't think the fear of tokenism should drive us toward this kind of... Uh, uh, this kind of flattening of difference altogether as if things are equal in the world and have been equal throughout history. Or if we just start treating them equal now, they'll eventually shake out. It's like, no, I think we've got to make some concessions, uh, which is what repentance is a part of, right? Making concessions and uh, seeing how, what, what part we can play. And people are going to get all tripped up over the fact that I use the word repentance. But that's why you're writing your article about, do I need to apologize for slavery? Lord willing, by the time this episode comes out, that will already be posted and you can email us. (laughs) Go ahead and email Austin on that one. But yes, no. Well, what about the charge of partiality with that in saying that we need to give, you know, as it were, a megaphone to minority members who have been historically marginalized? Aren't we just committing the sin of partiality now that James specifically prohibits it's a good question uh i think the answer is no i don't see i don't see what james is talking about what james is talking about when he talks about partiality um is he is not talking about treating people different altogether you can you can never treat anyone different than anyone else oh my gosh how much how people with that how how much jealousy has been allowed within the church because we allow that kind of ma- mindset. Uh, then then you can't, you know, let's take it out of race. That's like looking at your pastor and being like, well, he's not allowed to have friends then, right? Right. Uh, because he can't, I don't want him to go out to lunch with people and he doesn't go out to lunch with me. Is that what we really want to say? Uh, and and if so, I would raise the, the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. 12 followers, one stabbed him in the back, but three were his Closer followers, scripture seems to clearly indicate. And Jesus had no problem with that. And he had a motley crew, like a diverse crew, like a bunch of dudes who would have naturally hated each other. Uh, So I don't think James, when he's talking about partiality, means we can't ever treat anyone differently. And even Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, yo, treat the, he doesn't say yo, but you know what I mean. Uh, He's like, I-N-A, Timothy's version. Yeah. 
Yes, right. That's right. That's right. The Isaac Abbs anniversary. Yo, Timothy, treat the older men in this way. Don't just go rebuke them. Watch yourself. Treat the younger or the older women as mothers. Treat the younger women with all purity. There are different ways to treat each other. That's not being impartial. What James is talking about is treating people differently for the purposes of your own gain. Hey, you're rich. Come sit over here so you can bless me. You're poor. Get away from me. What, what good are you? It's using people wrongly and treating people differently wrongly to that end. That's the kind of sinful partiality James is talking about. Uh, so, you know, that's what we see in racism when like I am treating you differently for the purposes of my own whatever comfort, benefit, gain uh, societal in society, individually, however it might look. Um, so, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's partiality. I think that's a misuse of the text. Uh, and I think you're going to sow division by trying to create this faux equity that you don't even operate by in your own life. You treat your kids differently than you treat my kids, as you should. They're your kids. Uh, and you're not being impartial. You're being a good parent. Uh, and yeah. So you don't see it as disobedience. You see it as obedience to the kind of humility that considers others better than ourselves. Good summary. And I would I would see the kind of mindset of treat everyone the exact same, regardless of any consideration of who they are as disobedience. I would see that as as propagating what would go against scripture in that in that uh, mindset, given what Paul says to Timothy, given what uh, I mean, you look at how Jesus treat look at just just read the Gospels of how Jesus treated people. Uh, you see, I mean, the the harshness for the religious, the hypocritical religious leaders, the gentleness for the bleeding woman. I don't think Jesus is being impartial there. Um, so you're framing it all within the the broader commands of prudence, of wisdom. And really, that's what we want this whole episode to be about is in our individual churches, as we're all trying to be faithful, just what are different ways we can be wise in having these hard conversations? Right. Yes. That's, that's all this episode is trying to do. Spoiler alert. Um, well, oh yeah. And I mean, and that means there's going to be, you know, spit out the bone or spit out the bones and take the meat of this. That means, you know, I can't say it's law that you must, I say this in that uh, asymmetry or that tone piece. I don't want to say it's law. You must share someone's ethnicity to bring up a certain point because then, okay, goodbye missions. Yeah. Uh, you just you know, broke the church. Can't ever go into a different, right. Exactly. Like can't say that. And that's what I'm saying to have that kind of, to go in the opposite way. That's why I think it's disobedience in the opposite way to say something like that, to make that kind of law. Um, because you're going against the freedom scripture allows, uh, and the scripture allows us to treat one another differently. Uh, it does not allow us to treat one another differently for sinful reasons. And that's a theme we keep coming back to in our podcast and in our articles is that we just want to encourage people that they have freedom in Christ in the ways we go about this. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, and that's, that's one thing I want to thank you for that saying that, uh, I think sometimes we can look at this we can look at um, racism and assume there's one faithful response. And I just want to blow that idea up. There's lots of ways to combat racism. There's lots of ways uh, to propagate racism. And we just have to be, this is not, I wish sin were that simple. Uh, you know, I wish it was as simple as, uh, you know, just tearing down the idol. You know, I'm reading the Old Testament right now, just tearing down uh, the altar and okay, it's gone. But it's not. 
it's in the air, it's in the water, it's in this comment, it's in this way we're treating this group of people, uh, you know, it's on the playground with our kids. So a mom is going to, I think a mom is being faithful when she's talking to her kids about the image of God and how, what that looks like on the playground and why we shouldn't make fun of that kid for his skin color or treat him differently. Um, you know, I think, I think we're being faithful on this podcast, Lord willing, and trying to have this conversation this way. I think uh, so-and-so is being faithful because they work in public housing and they're trying to make affordable housing uh, better for communities that have had historical disadvantages. All of those are going to be different faithful responses. And if we only lift up one response to say, well, there's only one role in the race conversation, we all must have it when we're doing the exact thing that we said we shouldn't be doing on this episode, which is uh, robbing each other of the freedom freedom uh, we have in Christ. Uh, and I think that's why some people, uh, you know, this will be my last sermon, Austin, I promise. But I think that's somewhat why some people get so discouraged uh, because they're looking at this conversation individualistically and saying, well, I'm not doing much. Well, if, if we take, the, take our eyes off ourselves and we look across the church as a whole, see how God is using your whole church well, then you might see like, hey, that member who I don't really know that well, who's 70 years old, he actually let black people stay in his home and the KKK put a burning cross in his yard. And he's not particularly woke, but, you know, that was a particularly incredible thing to do at that time. And God used it. Now, he doesn't go around tweeting about it because he doesn't know what Twitter is. But, hey, like perhaps God is using all of our faithfulness to push back on this monster of racism. Cause as we said, it's a mountain that no one of us individually can climb. Uh, it's like Everest in that sense. And I could go on a whole riff of into thin air and how no one climbs Everest really by themselves, but alas, 20 minutes has come and gone. So to put, <laughs> uh, to put a bow on it, I hope we're all doing something and we don't all have to do the same thing. This is why Austin gets paid the the big bucks and United We Pray takes donations for anyone listening. But yes, exactly. Perfect summary. Well, thanks for sitting down for part two. And lest this just be us gas bagging, um, let's go and pray now for wisdom. Yeah. For yeah. all of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father, thank you for freedom in Christ. Thank you that you have mm. not called us all to the exact same thing. Thank you that there are many ways to be faithful. And just as you've made each of us uniquely, you've given us unique ways that we can serve you and that we can build up the unity of your church. And we pray for hmm. all of those listening, that we would be encouraged, that we would find freedom in knowing that we don't have to do exactly what someone else is doing, that we can have yeah. uh, wisdom. Pray that you would give us wisdom. These conversations are hard. Navigating... Mm -hmm. relationships in the context of culture and history. All of these things are hard. They're beyond any of us. We pray that you would bless our imperfect efforts, show us ways we can be more faithful. We pray that the result of all of this would not just be that we feel better or that we are encouraged about the state of things, though those are good. We, we pray that you would actually be making your church more unified around Jesus. We pray that in his name. Amen. Amen. Father, we pray that you would give us great wisdom and great uh, latitude in our hearts on this topic, Father. And so, oh Lord, you you know what I mean. Your spirit, it, it transfers our weak words and takes them to your strong ears. Uh, but Father, that we would simply just 
embrace one another on on these matters, Lord, that we would be okay in fighting against racism in any way. Uh, Lord, and this is why we're so often talking about not attacking each other, but attacking racism. Lord, would you give us the grace to do that? Uh, we need so much help, uh, Lord, because wisdom is really tricky, and there's so many different ways to apply it. It's not clear. Uh, it's hard to see how many people even listening to this just feel like, like I want to go after it. I just don't see it. Lord, give us wisdom. Uh, give us insight. Declare to us our own hidden faults, Lord, and forgive us of them. Uh, Lord, help us be better Christians on this topic, better church members on this topic, better neighbors uh, on the on these matters, Lord, we pray. And we ask for help in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the time. Grace and peace, friends. Check us out at ubpray.com. Oh, yeah.